This podcast episode is sponsored by NAF Stuff. NAF Stuff is brought to you by the incredible owner of award-winning NAF nail salon, Tammy Kozlowski, so you know you are purchasing quality products that you can trust to retail to your clients. As stockists of their beautifully scented cuticle oil pens, we know firsthand how popular these will be with your clients. You simply cannot keep them on the shelves long enough, and clients will fight for their favourite scents. Clients love their delicious and dreamy scents, but also the ease of using a pen that can be used and stored easily and effectively. Their desk and retail oils are available in a range of six core scents, which include watermelon, peach, cherry, and my personal favourite, coconut. You can also purchase lavender and mint and eucalyptus, which are made using real essential oils that will have you feeling sleepy in no time. Each cuticle oil includes the vital ingredients, grapeseed, avocado, coconut, vitamin E and jojoba oil, which we know is the secret to healthy natural nails. Next Monday on the 21st of September 2020, NAF Stuff will be launching an amazing new limited edition scent that you won't want to miss out on. Autumn will also bring the launch of more exciting products. We adore that NAF Stuff was created on the ethos, nail care made by nail techs. Each one of their cosmetic grade formulas has been rigorously tested in their lab for a minimum of 12 weeks, have cosmetic product safety reports and safety data sheets and are certified 100% vegan and cruelty free as well as nut and gluten free. Like all cosmetic products on the market in the EU, each one of their scents is registered on the cosmetic products notification portal. You can use our code BEAUTYEDIT for 10% off any NAF stuff or NAF stuff pro order. This discount code is available for new and existing customers until the 15th of October 2020 so be quick. Please note this discount code can only be used once per customer. Placing an order is simple. Go to www.nafstuff.com to take a look at their wide range of products including super cool merchandise and their newest product range, Safe Happy Hands. We would absolutely love to see what you purchase, so make sure you follow the Beauty Edit podcast and NAF stuff on Instagram and tag us in your stories. Happy shopping, everyone. Hello, and welcome back to the Beauty Edit podcast, a podcast solely dedicated to the nail and beauty industry. Who's our guest this week, Shelby, please? Today we're going to be joined by Tammy Koslowski, the owner of the award-winning NAF Salon, NAF Stuff and NAF School. Hopefully Tammy's going to give us a real insight in what it's like to be a high street salon owner. Yeah, I think that'll be really good for our listeners. Obviously with Series 2, we're just trying to cover a home salon, a high street salon, being mobile. And hopefully with all that information... Um, as listeners are armed and can make a really informed decision on where to go next with their career. Yeah, that's the aim. And I know that a lot of people do want to take that next step, maybe open a high street salon if they've already been mobile. Um, However, there's a lot of work involved with it, but there's also some major, major rewards. So hopefully Tammy can help inspire and motivate us in taking that next step. Yeah. So shall we welcome Tammy? Let's do it. Hi, Tammy. Hi. Hi. You okay? Yeah, I'm great. What about you two? Yeah, great. Good. Thank you. Uh-huh. Good. Yeah. So today we'd like to speak to you about owning a high street salon. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, sorry if you just heard that. That was my dog barking. Warwick, she never barks. No, she doesn't. Does she? <laughs> she no. must know. I hope she doesn't do it again. <laughs> she, that'll be like, a, the only time she barks is if like we're ignoring her. Yeah. So that'll be a, like, I can't believe you're chatting without me. She knew the minute you pressed record that you weren't paying her attention. Yeah, do right. <laughs> yeah, she's like, it's International Dog Day. <laughs> <laughs> and you just left me downstairs yeah. she just oh. wanted to get in on the podcast so we'll leave her in i think yeah <laughs> yeah that was everybody <laughs> um but to start with could you give us an introduction to yourself and naf salon please yeah so hi everyone i'm tammy koslovsky and i am nail boss at naf salon um we are a nail art bar based in glasgow city center and we've been open for five years now um we do predominantly well 95% nails um we do a bit of brows and lashes but we are a nail art how fun yeah so before you owned NAF and opened NAF did you have a background in beauty therapy were you a nail technician so I've, I didn't really have like a traditional journey into opening a salon I guess these days there really isn't you know a traditional route into opening a no, salon it's not no. it's not like when I when I trained it was like you, you went to college, you did your like MVQs mm-hmm. and you worked your way through one, two, three, four training and, and that was the route. But now yep. everybody's journey is so different. Yeah. Yeah. Even like I did the traditional route, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just because like mum had done that. So you were like, right, this is what yeah, you do course, this, and then yeah. you do this and then you do this. But even like when I look at people that are my age, they had a completely different like they came from like a completely different background maybe mm-hmm. just did like a course rather than like a full year at college yeah 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 and it's I think I think so many it, different routes I think it's amazing as well like that people you know are starting to come into the industry like that obviously I always think like education is key and you need to you know learn the proper skills and know what you're doing when you're working on clients but I think it is amazing that coming into the beauty industry is such a great option for people now and so it's quite a, kind of nice hearing everyone's different routes. And that's not to say the traditional route isn't, you know, one of the best ways to do it. But I think, like, I had a – I actually graduated with a fashion degree. So um, I did clothing design and manufacture, which was, like, sewing and pattern cutting. And I actually got into nails through WA Nails. I was obsessed. Like, I just loved them so much and still do. Like, Charmadine Reed is an incredible powerhouse of a woman. Um, but basically, I had Tumblr, and like I just just <laughs> good old Tumblr, good old Tumblr. Um, the, the before Instagram was a thing, Tumblr was definitely that's where I spent my life, and you know the nail community was just incredible on there. Um, and I just really, I just loved scrolling through pictures of nails and watching like the process of nail art being done and kind of seeing that it wasn't as difficult as it like the kind of finished result looked like so I started making my own tutorials on tumblr I really need to publish the pictures one day just I mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I don't like you know I got the female canes like chopped up all the female canes and just stuck them all over my fingers with nail polish and um but they ended up getting me a really good in into the industry because the you know the nail community was quite small on there although it was incredible it was quite small and ended up talking to a lot of really cool people that I still talk to now um so it kind of gave me an insight into how collaborative everything was and 
whenever I'd finished my um, fashion degree, I ended up, um, sorry, my dog is Betty. Sorry. She's chewing her, did yours chew their paws? Mine does, like, especially if she's been out, like, in grass, like, she might yeah. get really itchy paws. I think it's a bit like a hair fever thing. Yeah, it is. It's just because it is International Dog Day, they're just trying to make a scene here. Um, but yeah, <laughs> she just definitely wants attention. She's like, trying to get in on the action. Have you all been talking? Have you all been talking to each other? You want some attention today? Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, so... I finished my fashion degree and I went to go and work for a designer, intern for a designer. And I really, th- I always thought that's what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to do fashion, go and work in a magazine, you know, become a designer, make clothes. That's my mum's background as well. So I always thought that's what I wanted to do. And actually, I ended up having such a great time painting my nails and then painting other people's nails and like having that connection with people when you're sitting in front of them and chatting to them. and you actually like and I ended up making friends with my first ever clients that I was charging 10 pound for a full set of intricate nail art with nail polish you know so um I really loved doing that but because of my tumblr I ended up reaching like a a bigger audience and when I say I had a bigger audience like nothing compared to what people's followers are these days like back in the day if you had 100 followers on tumblr you were like an internet superstar you know (laughs) you know you were like famous on the internet if you had like a hundred followers so um yeah so I ended up people were saying oh I'd love you to come and do my nails and so I was like well I actually don't want to go anywhere Um, like I'd mentioned to you before I I'm such a homebody like I really hate going anywhere um (laughs) so I thought you know I can't really travel and do these people's nails but I'd love to be able to like get my name out there and um you know have a chance to do something like that so I ended up painting false nails um and again not like the press-ons that everyone's doing at the moment which I I mean some of the press-ons I've seen mostly all not even all the press-ons I've seen have been incredible like just know how much time and skill it takes to do that and size everything up and make sure the finish is perfect on them um mine were just like those little sticks you get off ebay that have like eight nails on each side and they're like square toenail shapes and like honestly I would just um I would just dab them my most popular ones were galaxy print um member tuxedo nails were huge um oh yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, what else did I do galaxy tuxedo um some nice daisy print nails and leopard print was like my in like that was like my thing doing leopard print nails in all different colors um it's so funny though because then things have all, all not apart from the tuxedo, tuxedo. <laughs> but bitch the tuxedo. You never know; it might have a comeback. Oscar, twenty twenty one. Who knows what twenty twenty one will bring? Maybe that will be the year of the return of the tuxedo. Yeah, um, yeah. but they're all coming back round. Yeah, all them styles. Yeah. yeah, galaxy leopard print, any animal print. Yeah, so it. Yeah, but then that's like fashion, you know. Yeah, I think exactly. things like leather comes in and then yep. it goes back out, but then it comes in five years later, and I think exactly. why did I throw them really nice pants on top? Yeah, of <laughs> luckily you can just redo your nails every couple of weeks, so you can always be yeah. on trend, can't you? Um, so yeah. true. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so basically I started selling them, and the my false nails got really popular, and it ended up it got to the point where I actually one of my friends. I kind of hired her and I use that term very loosely. Um I'm a I'm a delegator and that's why I think I have staff which we'll get on to but um 
you know, if I can get someone to help me do something, I'll I'll do it because I like the company and I like I like to do some more than more than I can. <laughs> yeah. So my friend Becky used to come to my house. We used to sit and paint like a hundred sets of nails, and like she would do the base coat and I'd do all the nail art on top, and then we'd coat them all on sesh feet, and then we'd put them into little packets and sell them all over the world. And it kind of got to the point where you know we physically couldn't keep up with the demand and I didn't really want to be painting false nails all the time so I ended up thinking like what's an easy way to get nail art to people that they don't need to like glue false nails on or I don't need to do all this effort mainly it was about the effort like ultimately it was because I was being a bit lazy and um (laughs) so I ended up uh, making nail decals um so I just put my most popular nail designs onto nail decals. And at the time it was like unicorns and drips and like, um, you know, crosses and all those kind of total Tumblr styles onto nails and started advertising them on Tumblr and they did really well. Um, and then I ended up, instead of hand making them, I ended up getting them manufactured. So I found a printing company um it's like a really outdated process to make nail decals there's like a lot of layers and a special type of paper and all this and no companies would really would want to do it but um, I managed to convince this guy down down south um, to do it with me and we kind of restarted the process and made nail decals and ended up Topshop ended up getting in touch with me asking if they could stock the nail decals in there which was obviously amazing and you know me sitting in my bedroom stapling the packaging together and everything thinking (laughs) thinking there's no way these can go into Topshop um so I ended up getting packaging made and everything and you know it was this huge thing at the time I mean this was this would have been about seven years ago now um at the time like you know I mean it is a huge deal if anyone like that contacts you but you know it was massive massive deal and we were working towards getting it done and then it basically just came down to you know we couldn't get I couldn't get the cost price I say we it was just me I couldn't get the cost price low enough for them to like take it in store that I I wouldn't lose money because I was even happy to break even but I just I would have been losing money so I just and I didn't have any money to do it with and at the start like at all so you know we end I ended up losing out on that offer yeah no (laughs) and it's the thing you know do I just want to do that to tell everyone that my stuff's in top shop you know and which would and it's it's also because I was working at Topshop at the time as well um so I was like oh how cool would that be like I'll just leave Topshop and be like I'm leaving but my stuff's in here see you later um (laughs) you know but uh yeah they end they ended up falling through and um I think I can't I don't ever really remember being that devastated about it because I think I just knew like it couldn't happen so it's not like anything like really missed out but after that um we ended up actually I always see we it was literally me um ended up being stocked in ASOS which was incredible um Urban Outfitters I was stocked in like 24 stores <laughs> sorry that was my dog coughing if you can hear it oh, <laughs> um, was stocked in like 24 stores across America and Nordstrom as well um, and like ended up doing really really well with this nail decal business um but it got to the same point again as I got to when I was in uni, like writing my dissertation and feeling super creatively stifled. Like from the outside, the business looked amazing. And then you'll know as well because you had that, you had a product business as well, and you know how much yeah. of your time and attention it takes, especially when you're, although I wasn't making the product, I was still packing 
the product, barcoding it, you know, selling it on the website, packaging all my orders out. And it got to two years of running that business. And I just felt like I was just chasing invoices, doing paperwork. I spent minimal time designing. It was just... That's it. That's what I was just going to say. You yeah. sort of you've gone into that business because you're creative. And yep. that's the part that you yep. love, that creating. And that were like me and Shelby. Because yeah. We used to create all the poems on our Aww. candles. We used to design all the greeting cards. Yeah. And that is what we loved. Yep. But then it, it gets taken over with, yep. I don't know. Bureaucracy. It's literally just bureaucracy. It's like paperwork and admin and shouting at people on the phone, which I'm kind of back there just now. But like I'm actually predominantly in an admin role at the moment. And, it, it you know, it's not my strong point. But it's like... Someone's got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always like I just always seem to fall back in that role. But, you know, I feel like now because I'm doing it with other people and for other people, it feels a lot better now because I feel like, you know, I'm doing it for the team. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but I basically just alongside, um, you know, alongside doing all that, I had been painting people's nails. I actually started painting nails at vintage fairs because I, I wasn't qualified. I couldn't do them in a salon and I wasn't doing gel polish or anything. It was purely nail polish. And when I just started setting up at vintage fairs, I'd get a stall for like 30 pounds and I'd sit there and paint nails for 10 pound a go. Um, and then um, I ended up getting my qualifications and you know, my, my memory's so hazy. I can't really remember at what point I did all that, but I did. Um, <laughs> it was all a big blur. Yeah, it is. It is just a big like smoosh of memories. But I got my qualifications, and um, I ended up just in my office that I had for DIY nails. Um, I would like do, you know, some friends and friends of friends. I would do their nails. Um, and also because with the nail decals, I was actually selling the decals like to, you know, the public consumers. But I was in like selling it wholesale to ASOS, Urban Outfitters and all those kinds of companies. Um, I was also selling like bulk product to trade. So I was selling like unpackaged nail decals because the packaging is expensive bit as well, you know. So I was selling it not in the packet to nail techs at a cheaper price and um, built up a really, really good community. And I was just seeing all these amazing salons and the states and in Europe um you know where there was like quite a few nail techs working in one place and doing all this like incredible nail art and I just kind of looked around Glasgow where where I was living and just thought there's nothing really like that um I'm really lucky to know like some amazing nail techs that I've known since I started DIY nails and through friends of friends and as incredible as they were and still are and who are actually bossing it at the moment um they were just in a room by themselves you know they were working by themselves and they were having to do all this admin and be creative and I just thought you know there's there's got to be somewhere that that we could something we could do in Glasgow like these amazing salons in the states um where people could just come in someone else could take care of the admin and you know the nail artist could just take care of doing incredible nail art without having to worry about all that paperwork behind it and managing their call and booking their clients and you know all just the the communication that goes in between that dealing with you know not complaints don't come up often but if they do you like sometimes you don't have the headspace to deal with it and whenever I was going to get my nails done by my friends I thought you know surely I could make this better so my initial idea for NAF Salon came from me being kind of tired of chasing paperwork and 
invoices and bills and you know um dealing with all that and looking at my friends and thinking you know I would like to help you because I can do paperwork so I can like take that burden off you and you can just focus on being really good at nails so I actually mm. initially approached my friends Leah and Sasha and they'll laugh at this as well so I approached them and I was like I'm gonna open a salon like one day I was literally sitting at my desk and at this point I had someone helping me out um like 20 hours a week with social media um for DIY nails Amy who actually stayed with me for quite a while through NAF as well but I literally kicked my seat back and just stood up and went I'm gonna open a salon and she was she's obviously just really used to it she was like oh oh yeah, okay yeah. <laughs> oh she was like off this you go I'm, this is what I'm like with mum like yeah. mum comes into my bedroom or she used to when I lived at home mm-hmm. this were like before we had the co- candle company and she yeah. like came into my bedroom I think it was in the morning actually and she's like I've had a brilliant idea I literally <laughs> sat there and I went oh god <laughs> and then and it ended like, up being a good one <laughs> yeah. yeah but do you know when I just think oh she's here we go again she's got something else is coming yeah <laughs> I think that's what everyone like the minute I have an idea everyone's like no please just yeah. calm down I think as well Sit down. if you have got like a creative mind mm-hmm. It never stops. Yeah. It can't stop. You just keep yeah. thinking of the next thing or Yeah. It, and and as much as you want your brain to stop sometimes. Yeah. You just can't. No. It, yeah. We're quite impulsive people as well. Like yeah. we make really rash decisions, which in hindsight at times <laughs> has been not a good thing. Yeah. But you know, you learn. We are very much like we'll wake up and mm-hmm. we'll have made his mind up about something and I'm gonna do it and sort it then and there. I'm yeah. not waiting around yeah. for it to, you know, get done in years years down the line. Yeah. That's yeah. honestly like I totally feel you on that. That is exactly who I am and it when I was by myself I could make those decisions I think that's been like the biggest like learning curve for me and the biggest like growing up that I've had to do and not to say that that's not grown up to be like that like I think it's such a good trait to have but for me I realized very quickly that when I made those rash decisions everyone around me like felt the impact of it and that's when I started having to like have a word with myself and be like you know are you going to risk you know the the workload I'll happily take on any workload if I've given it to myself I'll do it I'll stay up all night I'll have a manic few weeks and I'll do it but it's unfair of me to like expect that of other people now and even if it's a project that I wholly take on myself it'll always have this like ripple effect on everyone else whether that's me you know not being present for everyone and pushing aside other projects to do something I'm focusing on or worsely just giving them extra workload on top of theirs so I think that's like that it's one thing like I when I look back I wouldn't have had anything that I have now without being like that and sometimes I kind of I'm at war with myself a little bit because I'm like well that being like that got me here so I should go on my instincts and I should do this but then also the people around me are what got me further so I need to listen not even sometimes they might not speak out about it and you know no one wants to be like don't I don't want to do that <laughs> but yeah. you know sometimes I have like to telling the boss that you don't want to do it yeah and but I think yeah I think what you say Tammy as well it, it's not just the people that you work with it's family and friends as mm-hmm. well and yep. sometimes yeah when you are driven and really focused and you've got an idea mm-hmm. it's hard sometimes to take some time to be with family and friends I know like yeah me and Shelby say it all the time like 
my husband and Shelby's partner, they will go mad with us, you mm-hmm. know, for being in, on our phones or mm-hmm. we've been at the salon working all day. Then we've yep. come home, we've recorded a podcast. Yep. Then we've gone home, then we're on social media mm-hmm. and it's like, they don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. when you're so driven, you think, ah, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I'm actually, so bad for it as well. We should, list, we should listen more to yep. them. Yeah, um, it's it's hard. And because it, they are sort of right, aren't they? Yeah, but then it's, you know, it's just... It's like a vicious circle. I think when isn't you're it? enjoying what you're doing as well, yeah, and you're so passionate. You, mm-hmm. That's all you think about and want to do anyway. And I, but I think as well is when you're enjoying it, you forget the moments where you know there's been moments like I've pushed myself to the limit, and I never, I don't condone it in any way. You know, a lot of the times people will say to me, you know, you've got so much going on, you've got so many projects, like I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, I will always be very honest and be like, I was like literally on my hands and knees, like literally a couple of weeks ago, just before we reopened the salon, I just had a moment. I like had to go into the bathroom and literally just get on my hands and knees and like sob because I was like, I can't breathe. Like I'm so stressed. And I think sometimes people, we forget that when we're on that high, you know, it's like almost like this total high of having this idea and like the outcomes it could have and being creative and. I think that other mm. people, you know, especially friends and family and my boyfriend's the same as well. And my flatmate who like sees the two of them see like the low moments more than anybody else does. And I think they're always like, you know, you're, they can sometimes think, you know, you're hurting yourself because you might be all high now, but you know, you're on your phone and you're not seeing yourself on your phone. But all I see is this person that's on their phone then stressed and upset and then happy for a few days and that's not to say I'm always that stressed but I think sometimes the lows stick with people um and I feel like I'm very like honest about it because I know myself like I can get so carried away with stuff but but I'm glad that I do because that's that's where NAF came from and I think I did take a lot of risks at the start you know I'd never worked I never even worked a day in a salon I didn't know what you had to have in a salon I'd never had a booking system I'd never you know I'd had clients but it was all friends of friends I never really had someone who I didn't know come to me and pay for a service anyone who I didn't know whose nails I was doing would be on session work so I'd be like hired for a job so I think like it was in a sense it was good to go completely blind into opening a salon because I could you know look at the way things worked and problem solve it from a different brain that as someone who'd done it before you know so I could be like you know why is this like this and why can't that be different rather than accepting the way things were but um it was very overwhelming I just kind of was like I want to open a salon I want to make it look really nice and I'll sit down and do nails um and I'll hire people in to do nails with me um and it really didn't go like that for the first six months and I just feel like I just learned so much I mean I'm still learning so much (laughs) yeah so like I really like it is I think it's anyone that maybe knew me five years ago to meet me now I would be a completely different person and I'm I'm not I've not lost myself and I like I'm so happy in what I do and I love it and I love my team and I love everything but I think I've grown up so much so so much um, and I think that's kind of what happens when you do deal you know when you work with lots of different people and personalities and manage a team I think you do have to kind of put everything aside and just do what's right and so (laughs) yeah so obviously the inspiration for starting NAF came from you seeing all this amazing nail art because back then 
nail art wasn't a, a big thing, was no. it? Like it is now. Not in, um, not in like at your, not in you know your everyday salon. Like you know, most salons or people getting their nails done would be getting one colors or getting extensions and a one color or French yeah. and um, it, nail art, especially here, was just something that really just existed on the internet. Um, and yeah, you know yeah. those couple of amazing things. Like, I was just really lucky to know two nail techs who are very nail art focused. Um, and it was another reason that the decals, the nail decals, did so well because it was a way of people to do nail art with ne- not necessarily having like the complete skill set to do it. Or, like yeah. you, you could just pop it on the nail and you'd have that instant effect that yeah. you'd see online. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant idea, and it and it was sort of like a brilliant way to like move your creativity yep. yeah. into something else that you weren't sat paint, painting nails for exactly. hours and hours and hours and exactly. hours on end. Yeah. So when you decided you were going to open NAF Salon, <laughs> yeah. um, did you have a business plan? I mean, I know you've just sort of said you just went straight in it and it yeah. was a steep learning curve, but did you have any kind of business plan? Did you know what your goals were going to be? Um, anything like that? So at the very start, I actually was just going to open it and rent chairs to nail artists. Like that was the whole kind of vision for NAF. And that's what I based my, I did have a business plan just from having um, DIY nails before and having like looking at kind of semi-corporate structures. I thought, you know, I'm going to write myself a business plan and stick, try and stick to it. And actually initially I wanted NAF to be this whole like emporium of, nail art and body art and you know we, we actually opened doing um I had this incredible woman doing henna um we were doing nails I wanted to be able to retail like cool beauty brands that you couldn't get anywhere else in Glasgow you know like brands that you see online and had these huge huge visions for it and my friend Kerry Ann who owns a really um, popular wax bar here like had a little meeting with me beforehand just to ask her if she could have a look over what I want to do and wanted to chat to her and she she took one look at it and just said Tammy this is too much like it's it, it sounds great and I'm I, like I know you'll be able to do it but she was like you're known for nails you're known for your passion for nails you know about nails you know you've got a good skill set why would you dilute yourself like that and I remember at the time being like I'll show you Kerry <laughs> like we always laugh about it like <laughs> I'll do it and you know she was so right and the other piece of advice she actually gave to me so my friends Sasha and Leah they I'd kind of approached them and said do you want to come and rent a space and they very politely declined because they kind of wanted to grow their businesses into salons as well which they both have um, you know they both have bigger units now they have their own staff they're doing so incredibly well and it actually worked out really well that they didn't come on board because the other piece of advice that Kerry Ann gave me was the vision that I had for NAF as a brand you know I wanted NAF to be a brand um, was I, sh- I needed to employ people so that I could make sure that everyone you know was yeah. like in the kind of same vision that I had and um, she had experience with both employed staff and self-employed staff and she just kind of said it's two very different vibes that salon with having self-employed and employed and um, and I am so glad for that piece of advice and I'm glad that I did it because I don't think NAF would have been what it is today without um, having you know employing people and uh, honestly over time I realized that that is what I feel really passionate about and what drives me and what gets me out of bed in the morning is like creating a really amazing place to work you know we've all worked places that we didn't really love or we didn't feel amazing 
coming home from at the end yeah. of the day or we didn't feel valued and and I'm not saying we hit the mark every time or have consistently hit the mark on that you know everything evolves like team dynamics change people change and I, I personally feel like I'm just learning every single day like how to do that but I feel just having that as like my goal for the business is you know is developing it into something that hopefully hopefully ultimately does do that and does look after everyone there and I just I really I love my team so much and they change like you know we don't have a huge turnover of staff but you know the industry that we work in like and um, you said yourselves before it's so hard to find people who want to be employed in our industry because they have an incredible skill set and they're getting better every single day and they're practicing every single day and there is a potential to get out there and you know be self-employed and have their own path in life and make their own money and that is a very you know that's that's an amazing step to take so I know that NAF is you know well could be potentially just kind of like an in-between for people where they get their confidence they they learn about the industry and I just I feel very passionately about making NAF that place that could maybe teach them values to carry on so if they went to open their own salon they would open a salon with the value of like caring for the people that work there and you know we're very like we're very um well I but us as a team we're very protective of the brand so we know that we've got a big following on social media and we know that we need to echo that to every single person that comes through the doors so it's not just that we are you know look fun on the internet like that that it is very um like it is I can't even think of the word you know my vocabulary is like totally gone since lockdown (laughs) but it's I think it's like authentic you know sorry I'm like just still talking no Um, no you're fine like and like it is it is authentic like that is who we are and people have off days you know it can't always be 100% but we ultimately just strive to make sure that we are being honest and truthful about what that experience is going to be when you walk through the door and I just really like that's what I'd hope whatever people do in their career like with us or without us like I hope that they take a little bit of that with them but the best thing about NAF having the platform that it's had and like growing the way that it has is that we've been able to open NAF stuff and just recently opened NAF school as well which is our training academy and for me they're they're huge accomplishments in the sense that now there's progression for people so it's not just that we've got nail experts and we've we've got nail technicians and experts and then we've got management in the salon and you know people can progress through that career path but now they can actually go to NAF stuff or become educators at NAF school so at NAF stuff we make nail products we always need people who understand nails clients cuticles everything you know we need people that understand all of that so there's career progression there and then there's career progression to NAF school to educate people so I, I'm so glad that we've got a little hub where anyone that comes into NAF can progress and I always say to people you know whatever you want to do here you can do just make a job for yourself like if you think we're missing <laughs> and like it is, start by putting the kettle on <laughs> exactly exactly just all I need from people is that they 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 just show that they're passionate and that they're ready to graft and like it's always rewarded and but you know it's just it's always an ongoing conversation and I think that is what honestly really I love and it's not everyone's cup of tea but I I just I really love just watching people grow and I never thought that would have been like it was always a passion for nails and 
creativity and now it's very much people and that includes our clients as well and you know all of our customers and students and everything like I just love like we call I don't know if you've seen but we call like everyone that kind of interacts with us the Nafia and I just think it's like it's like <laughs> it's such like you a came up with that name you know props to do you know um, it's actually Becky that I was saying that used to help me paint the false nails she actually ended up retraining to be a nail she was a florist when she was helping me paint all those false nails and when I opened Naf she actually um she trained to go and or maybe it was just before I think it's when I opened that she trained to become a nail tech um and then I actually she came and worked at NAF as well for I think it was a year and a half maybe two years actually yeah two years and um when she left she like messaged me as she was leaving and she was like by the way I just had a thought like you should call like everyone at NAF the NAFIA um and it just stuck <laughs> and I'm all, I said to her I will always give you credit for that because that's yeah. just incredible so when she left I got her made her a hoodie that just said Nafia on the back no it said Nafia alumni on the front um and then she always used to talk about uh, her cats and baths and jiu-jitsu so we put like jiu-jitsu cats and baths on the back <laughs> <laughs> but um so yeah props to do Becky do you find yeah yeah shout out to Becky <laughs> um do you find Tammy that a struggle is finding staff and returning them yeah. or do you find that quite easy because we we found that to be really difficult haven't we yeah 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 it, it is really difficult and I think it is just because you know when you've got that skill and I think it's really difficult um at the moment as well because and it always it continually will be but the nail community online is huge you know and there's so many incredible people you know doing incredible things and it is very very motivating to see that and to be like that's where I want to be that's what I want to do like I want to be at that level and I'm going to do that and you know it's a lot about um connecting with people and you know just making moves in that industry and I think that it it doesn't seem very um exciting to maybe go and be employed somewhere um on that side if that's your kind of you know the way you want to progress but I do think I do think that there is a lot of people um and there are a lot of people and like my team especially like they're very like a lot of my team have been self-employed before and they're like I don't I don't want to be doing that like I love just coming to work and getting on with it and being creative and then stepping out the door you know and not having to be on my phone at night and texting clients or keeping up to date with my social media and yeah you know and I do think it's two very very different people and that's not to say that you know people can change and want different things but it's really hard to find those people um you know with the right skill level and we always say you know when we're hiring um we can you can teach someone a skill yeah. <laughs> I know? know where you're going with this yeah. you can teach someone a skill so if there's just a little inkling of something there you know you don't always have to hire the the best nail technician in the world and that is not to say girls if you're listening you're all the best I love you and you were the best when you started um but that's not always the, you know that that trade test doesn't have to be the best thing in the world we're just looking to see that they've got you know a good rapport with their client they're nice when they come in the door they they you know they feel like they'll fit in with everyone and or bring something new yeah. you know like bring something exciting and um that's a big part though yeah. as well is if you are a, a 
you know, collective of staff, there's quite a few of you. Yeah. You can't have somebody come in that's potentially going to be disruptive yeah. or not going to fit in or is going to maybe cause some issues with with clients yeah. or with other staff members. Do you know there's a lot more it? to taking on staff exactly. than just them being being able to paint a nail to exactly. the that they want. And that is that we is... always no, sorry, go, no, we you always go on. say <laughs> we always say like you can work on skills but you can't work on personality yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and it'll be getting all there it, uh, but it totally it's so it's so true and it might it's not that you know someone's got a bad personality it's maybe just that it just might not work in, in that fit. setting and I think like the like salon environment especially ours like sometimes we've got 12 techs working so there's 12 techs 12 clients we've got you know two members of the team on the desk we've got people coming in and out and because of you know NAF being NAF we sometimes have people coming in and filming or we have photos getting taken or there's people coming in just to look around and so it's a very very busy environment we've got very bright lights we've got loud music it is like a sensory overload um not the moment it's very calm but for some people they just they they can clam up like that or they can't focus on what they're doing and I think all we we usually will have a trade test you know in that salon environment just to make sure that the people are comfortable there and sometimes it's not people's cup of tea they'll maybe just be like oh it's not like what I expected which is totally fine as well but I do think honestly the dynamics of a team are so like fragile well it's like it's so you know you could one day everything could be great and everyone you know is interacting with each other really well communicating really well and all it takes is just something to something to change you know someone to be sitting in a different seat or um you know something going on at home or something misheard or you know and then everything can just go into a total um state of flux again and that's just with like people that are already there so whenever you bring new people in it can be um you know, it can be like a, a funny time, but I'm so thankful, you know, for the team that I've got at the moment. And it yeah. can be like getting blood out of a stone sometimes. You can be as open and as mm-hmm. honest as a a boss or an mm-hmm. employee and say to them, you know, is everything okay? Are you yeah. sure? If yeah. you've got any issues, please come and talk to us. Yeah. There's nothing you can't discuss. And you can say that till you're blue in the face. Yeah. But if they do or mm-hmm. they don't, you you can't change that exactly it, it, it then beco- can become an issue can't it and you can't force people to do it either like you know sometimes people just don't feel comfortable um giving feedback like that and it's it might be because you know in the past they've maybe given feedback and it's not gone very well and you know I'm always constantly just being like how can we do that better you know like t- talk to us so that we can make that better or you know let us talk to you so we can all make things better and I think like mm. I'm just like a broken record with it but I just think it always needs to be said because you know I, I always want people to feel comfortable like I my, I would just hate people coming to work every day and feeling uncomfortable you know or feeling like they couldn't like approach an issue or um but sometimes yeah. other times people they don't actually want to speak about it they just want to you know let it slide and get on with their time and they don't want it to be a, a, a thing yeah. as well oh, oh sorry <laughs> just me and Shelby just both went we were both coming to come in with the same question probably I was going to ask you um what would you say the benefits are of owning a salon compared to like a home salon or even being mobile yeah 
I think like I think it just depends on the person and it depends what you want to do I am so like scatty and clumsy there's just no way I could ever do mobile I just I take my hat off to anyone that does it I just think and it's it's there's such a huge demand for it but it takes like a very organized and like regimented person out I was like I don't do nails anymore I stopped doing nails um a couple years ago to just step back and you know um look after the company as a whole but um I'm the slowest nail tech ever as well because I just talk so much. So That's me. Yeah. That is me. Yeah. Shelby's laughing now yeah. because she says, if Amanda does less chatting, yeah. she'd get more pain in doing yeah. But you wouldn't be as My happy if you like that, right? You wouldn't be having as good yeah. time at work. A good time at work. Exactly. Um, I'm not a super money-driven person either. So like, I'm like, oh, I'd rather just chat and, you know, do less Routine. appointments or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm seeing pound signs I'm like yeah. Amanda yeah. every time Amanda's mouth open a file drops I'm like what's she doing <laughs> don't oh. employ me <laughs> but it's always you know it's, it's good to have a mix of people like that it's good to have those people that keep the vibe going and keep spirits up and it's good to have those people that get on with it do their clients are all different as well like clients want different yeah. experiences not everyone wants the the same experience not everyone wants me chatting their ear off for like two hours while I do a one color not that it took me that long <laughs> <laughs> there's been times um so you know it's a so I think I think you have to be a different type of person for every every kind of everything I think you know there's great benefits to having a home salon and working by yourself um of course and then there's also the other side to that where you know it's a lot of admin and it creeps into your personal life so so much um but then you know owning a salon is the same it's just in a different way and I think a lot of people will always kind of say to me I've been doing nails for you know I've been doing nails for a long time and I'd love to like step back and manage the salon and have a bit of free time and hire people in that can manage the salon for me and I think a lot of the time people maybe look at what I do and think you know Tammy's having a great time she's just you know waltzing into the salon seeing what's up and then going away but yeah it's not the going way. for lunch yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I do go for lunch but if I go for lunch and I have to work that in the night time you know what I mean so it's like it's just like it's just everything's so different for me I I really struggled I did nails for about two two and a half years and um, when I first opened the salons like salon every day I worked every single day I worked like 10 11 hours a day didn't ever take a lunch you know if someone was off sick I just absorbed their appointments into my column I just it was non-stop and this was while I was growing the salon I was doing interviews like I was taking an hour off doing nails and doing an interview and then just being like you're hired that's fine like come on can you sit down and work today kind of thing and um it was for me I like I told you before my attention span is not great so I would be trying to talk to my client um, while doing nails but then also my ears were actually listening, listening to conversations. so listening to conversations I would constantly I, I was not fun to have around towards the end because I was like why is that song on like get that song off you know I would have um the girl who was managing the salon for me would kind of come and stand at my desk with a notepad and like rattle off loads of questions about admin which you know she never got any time with me to do it anyway I don't, do not blame her for doing that but you know I'd be like stopping doing nails completely ignore my client looking up and answering all these questions then being like the client oh I'm sorry you know and I think that if you're gonna I know you spoke to um, Jade from Nailco as well um, and she was kind of saying she's had a great in because she actually doesn't do nails so she's been able to run it from a completely like business point of view and 
Um, and I think it is hard to make that transition from doing the service to then stepping back. And then when you step back, yeah. you give yourself more admin. Um, That's a bit like <laughs> yeah. the situation sort of that we're in at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's like me and mum are both doing nails and mm-hmm. like I predominantly have the majority of the salon clients in my yeah. diary, but there's still other things that we have to constantly be thinking about and doing. Yeah. So for example, podcasts, you know, we've been at work this morning and we've come straight home to get straight on with recording, but we needed to think about this episode we were going to do with Yael. Yeah. So mum had like a bit of a gap and she's like, Shelby, what do you think about this? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like got a client in and we're a bit like that. It's so yeah. hard to take a step back if you're that deep into doing the actual services. And it's yeah, like mindset it as well. Like I call it my different brains, but like if I'm doing something creative, I literally cannot like answer a question that requires me to think about numbers or anything like logistical. I just, I, I physically can't. And it, that that's what I think is hard when you're, you know, doing what you did today. You have to totally switch your brain and, you know, think about something else. And I think, that's the hard thing with owning a salon because you do have to do that and um obviously like I run the three businesses now as well so I'm really learning to try and like I compartmentalize everything so like if it's not something I'm dealing with right there and then it doesn't exist like I will deal with it once I've thought about this thing but um I think it is really it's really hard but then owning a salon is brilliant as well because you know you can do what you're doing on a larger scale and have more like incredible people coming through the door and kind of if you've stepped back from nails you can kind of put those processes in place that you wanted to do when you were doing nails and see it getting done and again for me it's like watching people progress and it's it's quite liberating stepping back and kind of passing down information and watching it kind of get done and then people challenging it and it getting done better and it's a really nice feeling to be like you know this is in very capable hands which is where I'm at the moment I've got a salon manager and an assistant manager I mean, we're actually hiring a front of house as well because my salon manager, Nicole, is going to be stepping out of the salon half the week and focusing on NAF school as well. So it's really nice to watch people progress like that and to start taking those problems on as their own and thinking like that and um, kind of seeing them taking on the brand and the whole ethos of that brand and trying to make a better place for clients to visit and for people to work, you know. And I think... It just depends where your passion lies. If your passion is doing nails, then do nails, you know, do like work yeah. work like that and be creative. And, you know, I think there's a huge stigma of people thinking that you have to step away or you have to do something different. Yeah, like, I just, why can't you just be happy with, like, how things yeah, are almost? Yeah. Like, if that's what you love doing and you're happy doing yeah. it, then, you know, why why expand? Yeah. why do these things and then well, other industries, if that's what you want yeah yeah and it's a bit I think people it's like it's Instagram it's like seeing you know what other people are doing and I, I always try yeah. when I'm putting anything out on the internet to try and sometimes I think I'm almost like not scare people off but I'm like this is so stressful but I do actually I love what I do but I just try and be honest about what it's like because I just think it's just it's society as a whole like if you people always think you have to always be like you know hustling and pushing and like getting to the top and there's no emphasis placed on just having a happy life and enjoying what you do and you know get like if doing nails and chatting to your clients and seeing your clients and like I honestly think doing nails is such a brilliant job to have because you've literally every hour or whatever you've you've accomplished a task 
you know you've done something amazing you've you've made someone really happy you've had a great conversation and you've accomplished something and you've you know you've like put more practice into your skill and I just think like you don't get that in a lot of industries to like keep constantly bettering yourself and ticking those things off a list like every client done is is another thing done and I just think that's great but Tammy what would you say is one of the biggest cons of owning a sort of like high street salon in comparison to maybe just being a one-man band um I think there's like there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure when you open a high street salon you know like I was saying before we we've got quite a big social following and there's a lot of pressure on everyone to make sure that you know for us every day we're in NAF we're living NAF every day but you know one every customer every client is a new client well it's like a new person comes to that door and it's one person yeah one person living that experience and you know you could have given all 12 people could have given every single person through that door a great experience that day but if one person had like a less than great experience then you know we'll know about it and they'll carry that and you know maybe think that that wasn't what I expected and I think that puts a lot of pressure Um, and I just think in terms of health and safety um there's a lot there's a lot more kind of regulation and I mean there's you know there's a lot of regulations anyway in our industry but it's when you're maybe not doing the service yourself and you're overseeing a group of people and making sure that everyone's like sticking to guidelines and making sure that they're doing everything right I think that can be quite difficult because you're not just physically doing yourself so I think it's always hard to ensure that you know standards are upheld consistently and all the time and even just things like you know like taking photos um our industry is very visual Instagram is a very visual platform but it's really hard when people have got like a packed column every single day to make sure that we're taking like super gorgeous like RA well-lit photos at, at the end of the day people sometimes just need to take a photo and get you know get some get their next client sitting down and um yeah, yeah. sometimes we're like like off you pop I'm making it to Instagram today I've got nope I yeah. ain't got time and then that's <laughs> the whole point. because part of the NAF experience like that kind of client journey that we've got and we're selling is you know the photo is part of that experience so you can't really rush the photo in the salon because then yeah. someone might go away and think oh well my nails not good enough maybe I don't like yeah nails, you know? one of my ladies said to me one of my like really good ladies she said are you not taking a photo today I said yeah. well if I'm honest I'm running 15 minutes behind and I can <laughs> see my ex-lady is waiting outside in a car so do you mind if I just do it next time she's like well can't she just wait another five minutes <laughs> I was like oh no do but, you do that Tammy for your clients to have a picture taken in the salon and is that something they take away like a souvenir so like we actually actually sometimes people will be like oh can you airdrop me that photo but every single that is part of our client like we've got a kind of client journey with different steps that you know every client has to experience when they're in and it kind of just keeps everyone to a standard but one of them um everyone has to get a photo taken like it just they just have to it's just part of what we do so we've got actually got a whatsapp group where everyone sends all their photos in and then lauren who does our social media will go through and kind of pick the ones that she thinks will work best on the feed and then they kind of yeah put them some of them on the story and um <laughs> but yeah you feel then like you don't show everybody's somebody's gonna yeah. go 
you never should huh? well you do get some like, <laughs> like regular clients that are like oh oh my nails have never been on the instagram and they've been coming for like oh. you know three four five years and you're like so that's when we'll normally be like lauren can you make sure that these photos yeah. you see i mean you're so professional compared to me and shelby because <laughs> me and shelby will just go something like you just didn't cut it. I'll say, well, if you used your oil twice a day, like I yeah. said, maybe you'd make it. <laughs> That's what I usually say. You know that, I think that, do you know that is like, it's like, a, it's not really a con, but it, it, it is in that sense. Like when you are a, a like, a, you know, a high street salon, you do, you lose that kind of, you know, that you you have to be there has to be like and that's I'm not saying that that's not professional because it, it is but you can't you have to be like you can't be as cheeky yeah I love, I love that but that's like I think that you don't have that same kind of like vibe although the girls all like they've all got their regular clients like everyone gets on so well but I can't like I can't imagine it would go down well if we said that in the salon because I feel like <laughs> yeah. that, because there's like that kind of environment people would be like <laughs> yeah, they'd be so offended but then it's that. like that's what you would speak to your clients are like your friends you know what I mean like, that's what you'd speak to them like so yeah ours is a lot is. more of a you know although we are a salon is in yeah we have premises yeah of course we don't have like um a huge we don't have staff we don't have like a big um you know like we don't have walk-ins there are regulars that come to us but we just hire space because it, it works for us better yeah but yeah. it's like our clients it's a lot more personal like yeah. they've yeah. almost I can yeah. have a bit of banter with them I yeah. mean some of the topics that's now and again oh, come up I yeah. mean can't last talk night about last night's topic <laughs> last oh. night's topic about a recent uh, tv program oh yeah, really we'll talk about it on here <laughs> but <laughs> maybe you can't even say it <laughs> I'm intrigued but, like things will yeah. come up like that and clients will have conversations yeah. between each other in our salon because it's a lot more personal a lot more relaxed that very much when I first opened NAF like that was the vibe like we didn't really have anyone on the desk we were just kind of doing that ourselves and it was like such a laid-back vibe and like you know even our playlists at the start whenever I opened the salon like we put one of them on the other day and I was like oh my goodness like this cannot play in the salon <laughs> you know and I think that's a different although everyone individually like we are all so laid back like it's not like you can't swear in the salon or and, and it's like the conversations did used to be right across the tables and everything but I just think as we've grown what kind of happens with that as you grow sometimes people you know you know you'll know the boundaries of you know what you can and can't cross and you'll know your clients you know what clients you can like maybe swear in front of or like make a wee joke and I think when you've got like more people in that environment you can't account for how everyone is yeah so you kind of have to adapt to this like you know it's still so fun in the salon it's a great vibe but it it's not that um you know we do have to kind of keep an eye on what the topics of conversation are and you know and clients all want different things yeah. don't they so yeah. there's enough there's enough clients out there after sure. different experiences yeah. for a mobile home a high street salon all to like, work within the industry you know whenever I started NAF and people when people would leave like I used to take it very very personally I used to be not very like you know I knew why yeah. they were leaving but I think I used to think like and I think because I wasn't quite there yet the the, the initial stages of NAF like the first year two years I was just making mistakes and learning, but like in front of people. So, you know, with like a, you know, with another business, you could make mistakes and no one really sees it or it'll be on an email or, you know, you've ordered the wrong quantity or something or yeah. all of those things. But when you're 
making mistakes like in front of your team and I was kind of I was sitting on the same desk as the team and I was doing nails and constantly you know learning and doing things not the right way and not maybe acting the right way in situations and I think like I, I think a lot of people Tammy yeah. not even just in the nail and beauty industry mm-hmm. anybody that starts a business you do you just it's, all it's the only way you learn of... it is the only yeah. way you learn and I think at the start like when people kind of left to go out on their own I thought I've failed them like I've failed them and I've failed myself I've not done a good enough job I think I don't think I had I had the like I couldn't step back enough to kind of look at it and think you know that's that person's life it does you know ultimately it's got nothing yeah. to do with you like people can do what they want and I think as I started stepping back and thinking you know as long as I can create as long as I know in myself and we know in ourselves as a team that we've done the best that we can in a situation there's not much else you can do outside of that and if someone yeah you know this is NAF is ultimately you know everyone my team are involved everyone's involved but ultimately like it's my journey that I've like set out and I'll be there for the long haul I'll always be there I'll always be doing it but people can come and go if they want as long as when they're with us that it's like you know mutually respectful like I respect them they respect me and everything like that and I think that's always what works for like a harmony and I think you know as a I think when people kind of now when they go so I kind of learned that uh sorry I got distracted again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you staring yeah. out a window I, literally <laughs> I was like I can see someone in a window I live in a tenement flat so you can like see right into other people's windows I've just seen this guy like walking around sorry he's um, not naked is he no <laughs> but like on friends you definitely see that a lot um but yeah I think so initially I did take it really personally and then when I started stepping back and kind of making the processes in the salon better and addressing issues that were coming up because I had the time to do it and now when someone wants to go self-employed I take it as a really positive experience and I do like if there are any salon owners like listening to this that are kind of in that mindset where you know it is really upsetting when someone leaves like I think it's like trying to take that situation and turn it around into a positive and just understanding that there are so many different types of people and there are so many different like avenues in this industry and it should be celebrated when someone works with you you know if someone worked with me and maybe went to another salon to be employed I would think okay I'm doing something wrong here and I would address that I would think you know ask for feedback and be like what what can I do better yeah. what would what would keep you here but if someone's going to be self-employed from an employed position like I always just think that's such a reason to celebrate like they've come come into the business and honed their skills and started feeling more confident and then have felt like they can you know confidently step out and run their own business and hopefully with you know something spread the wings yeah and things that they've learned from and it's not just from us like I'm not I don't think we are like teach people the world but it's just working with each other they pick up so many skills from each other and get so much confidence from each other they all big each other up and you know all the techs are just they're such a great family and I just think it's 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 great to be able to be like you know how can I help you yeah Tammy Sorry, ah, go I've got a question as well. I was going to say, obviously, with NAF, I'm guessing as soon as you have a vacancy, you've got people knocking down the door for, yeah. to, to apply. We, um, know, if we've got a non-nail tech related position, we'll get hundreds and hundreds of CVs. But um, you know, like you said before, it is hard to find. It is hard to find nail techs, especially for employed positions. So 
you know, we do, we kind of, we open a vacancy every now and again, but we'll be, we just always take CVs as they come in and we'll usually just make space for somebody if we think they'll fit. <laughs> yeah. So like, so like for us, when we were trying to find mm-hmm. staff, um, we weren't getting many applications, yeah. I'll be honest. I don't think you'd, you'd so, be alone in that one in all honesty. Yeah, it's it's really, really tricky mm-hmm. to try and find even people to apply in the beginning. Yeah. Because people don't see the advantages of being employed. Yeah. Um so we had some girls renting from us, but they were self employed. Yeah. Um and pe- a lot of people have asked us like, Oh well and we've questioned it ourselves, well, should we have employed them? Would that have mm-hmm. made any difference? But it's so tricky mm-hmm. knowing, you know, are we going to be busy enough to pay them yeah. to add them onto payroll and pay yeah. them a wage? And what if we're not and we have to cover them? And what yeah. if they're sick? And that is the risk. You know, what if they have a baby mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everything else? Yeah. How did you weigh up? Obviously, I know you did a business plan, but yeah. how did you weigh up that you was going to employ them and not have them as self-employed? I would love to tell you that I sat down and thought about it and, you know, made pros and cons. And I, I really. I just thought someone told me to employ people. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, um, you just yeah. that advice. Yeah, <laughs> and I just learned as I went along, and you know, it is you do have to learn a lot, and that is that is the big decision. So when people are self-employed, you know, they're running their businesses out of your space, and you can you can kind of set you know working times and manage clients, yeah, but yeah. I do think like. The what because we wanted to make sure that we had this like like specific client experience when people from the minute that you know people came to our Instagram and went and booked an appointment to the minute they left and then saw their nails on the feed we knew well I knew I had to like have some sort of control over that so yeah. for me it was a, it was a bit of a no brainer because I couldn't do that with self employed people and also like I'm a, a not so much anymore but you know I I'm I wasn't very confident with like talking to people about stuff like that so if someone would have been self-employed I wouldn't have felt very confident being like you know can you do this or can you do that and not that I'm very like that anyway but um I just I didn't feel like I would feel confident being like that so but it is hard you know the first time that we had someone go off on maternity I, I didn't know what to do like I didn't have a clue um the first person that I hired when they were like I need to take a week off I thought I, I mean I don't know if I can <laughs> I don't know if I can afford to pay that. I don't know um what like I have no clue and like I rattled my way through that sort of stuff. You know, I just kind of I just and that's what I mean in terms of like making mistakes in front of people and I do this one thing that keeps me up at night is a lot of people that worked for NAF in the beginning, you know, probably think that that's how the business is still run and when they see me talking about my team and developing careers and stuff, they must just think you're at it yeah. you've not got a clue <laughs> you've got no idea how to support people in a workplace because in all honesty I really didn't I was I was really but I was trying my best and I think that's all you can do you know if you don't have all the information to hand or someone to do it with you and I do like I don't have a business partner I've not got anybody to like go home at the end of the yeah. night and be like there's no one I think that's something that I always think with employees and like the difference kind of between having self-employed people and having employees like no one else has my shared experience no matter how close we are at work no matter you know my management team works so closely with me and they really like 
they really NAF is theirs as well and I always tell them like this business is as much yours as mine but I'll carry the but I always carry the risk did you did you find when you'd taken that decision to employ them so you decided you were going to do NAF um you decided you were going to employ them did you already have clients like itching to get into the salon so you knew that you weren't ever going to have empty seats no I I honestly I wish I I'd like I would be I don't know I think I would be terrified myself if I went back to when I opened I had no assurances that NAF was going to work you know and I'm ultimately so thankful for everybody that was involved at the beginning for putting that trust in me that it would work you know um you know Becky training up to be a nail tech um you know it's just but I didn't I didn't have any insurances the only thing that I had was that I had made like a name for myself on Tumblr and that you know DIY nails had done pretty well and people knew that I knew what good nails looked like and I also just I do think like the community up here in Glasgow like the time that I opened NAF was at a time and if anyone is from Glasgow they'll just laugh uh, they'll they'll know what I'm talking about but there was a time in Glasgow where everybody went to like the opening of an envelope you know everybody there was always <laughs> something on I, I would be out three nights a week I'd be at a shop opening a bar opening a restaurant opening because we all kind of hung about in this same crowd like it was a lot of like creatives a lot of people like just getting started on Instagram um a lot of people you know, we were all doing photo shoots together. We were all, you know, I, I had friends who were fashion designers who were just starting out and I'd do the nails for the photo shoot and then we'd put on a fashion show and invite everyone to it and get some free drinks in. Like one of my friends owned a clothing store where they'd always have parties in there. And I think because I was at that stuff all the time, that's what that's what made NAF popular when we opened because I'd met so many people out and about and, you know, yeah, network. And I think that is the big difference. That that's the thing that people don't see on Instagram and don't see on the internet. They don't, as much as the internet is great for connecting with people, you just have to get out there and do it in person. You have to get out there and tell people and make a name for yourself and get a reputation. So I know when I opened NAF, I, I just knew it would be busy because I knew I know loads of people. It's fine. They'll all come get their nails done. <laughs> and we were really lucky as well. We actually opened up. Well, yeah, sorry, I'm chatting. Sorry. Well, <laughs> people on Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, they're not necessarily people that are going to be able to come for their services because yeah. they might be absolutely miles mm-hmm. away. They might be yeah. in England or Wales, Australia. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but just like, I just wanted to touch on if it's okay with yeah. you. Obviously, opening a salon, there's a lot of costs associated to yeah. it. So whether yeah. that's finding the money to, you know, pay the first month's rent or any sort of like um bond that's needed Mm -hmm. or you know getting all the stock doing you know decorating it Mm -hmm. kitting Mm -hmm. it out priceless yeah all your marketing computers there's so (laughs) much stuff there's so much cost associated with opening a salon especially on that scale Mm -hmm. how did you ever start like find your rubber bank yeah (laughs) basically (laughs) did you like get an investment or did you save the money beforehand or did you were you lucky that right from month one you were covering the costs so like one thing I'm so open about money like talking about money doesn't freak me out it doesn't bother me um and I think so initially like I've never had savings in my life like I took my like my mum's never had any savings like I don't come from a background where 
anyone's ever, you know, I've never been able to, like, I never had a car, I never had any of that. So I've never, I think a lot of people, like, kind of made the assumption when I first opened the salon that, um, you know, it was, like, just yeah. got this, um, got a wee bit of help, which is always fighting, but it just wasn't, like, I'd never, and I didn't, with DIY nails, like, because we were manufacturing, I never had, like, the capital or money sitting there to invest that into the salon. I've never let not having money, like, be getting my way out and I'm notorious for being able I'll not say the swear word but I can pull money out my backside like if, <laughs> if I want to do something I'll find it you know and I'm very much like find it now worry about it later and I'm not like you know and but I'm also good at paying off debts as well so I think that's like a good skill for me to have but um initially I wanted to get a loan I'd costed it all up and because we were renting a space in like an office building which now has got loads of um it's almost like a beauty building now which is quite cool um but I'd rented the space in the office building because it's where my office was for DIY nails so a unit came available downstairs and the rent wasn't like massively expensive and it was a huge unit as well so I knew that there was like space to grow in there but so I took um I took like my business plan and I went to there's um you know a couple kind of projects that help businesses out here and like government funded stuff and I went for a meeting and I was like this is my business plan like I've already run a business I know how to make money all this sort of stuff and um they just were like no like we would never fund the salon <laughs> and I just took so much offense because I thought so I went to you know a few different types of loan kind of options and grant options and everyone was like you know I went to a creative one and they were like nails aren't creative like this isn't a creative business and I just thought right okay I'll show you but that'll be later on and then uh, you know everyone else someone said oh we wouldn't do we wouldn't do we wouldn't give you money to open a salon and I was like why and he was just like well Well, you know it's a service-based industry you won't get you won't get funding for that and I just thought why it's ridiculous when we were looking for premises we faced this problem Mm -hmm. didn't we at one point like especially like if you wanted a premises in quite a busy you know area whether it was city centre or shopping centers and things like this people just like no I'm not interested want a retail just, shop and I was like but yeah, why but the, the high streets changed so much mm-hmm. now yeah given you COVID. know they'd be snapping yeah. a zans off now for a service base exactly and business. It, exactly and it just I just think it's like so ingrained it's so sexist really and it's, people just think oh you know it's just a vanity business you know you're not people just still mm-hmm. I mean it's that's a much larger conversation but it just people do not respect the beauty industry um but I think like no. the everything that's happened in recent months and everyone being be- very vocal on the internet I do think people's perception of you know who we are and what we do will change and hopefully ultimately that'll trickle down to you know parents telling their kids that they can go and train and do beauty I mean I was told when I was coming out of school not to do beauty because it wasn't like a good career even though it, it was it's like an crazy. option I was looking at like I used to love like dyeing bits of my hair and stuff and I was like oh I could look into hairdressing and like my careers advisor was just like no like if you want to have like a career then don't do that and I just thought yeah. like I really hope rude that, yeah it's so rude <laughs> I know that with everything that's going on now and like you know our whole industry and all of us carrying this forward I really do hope that young people will be inspired and people of any age to just to train to do beauty it's such a it's a life skill to have and you'll always be able to you know um have an income yeah. and progress and better what you're doing um but back to money um I always think it's like quite an important thing as well like I'm glad you asked that question 
so I couldn't get a loan for love nor money um and then <laughs> I so I was just gonna go and get a bank loan really I was just gonna get a bank loan and open it and then um my like my kind of half sister um proposed loaning me the money um I'm not gonna get into that but basically it was not the best decision I've ever made in my life and uh, still feeling like the after effects of it five years later so I would like I would err on the side of caution if you're ever thinking about borrowing money from family I think that is something like worth touching on is the fact that I mean ha- we have heard countless amounts of stories this yeah. is a bit different to yourself Tammy but people going into business mm-hmm. with friends or family and yeah. You know, you really have to think before making that decision. We're very fortunate when mum and daughter and we're very, yeah. very close and we're very yeah. similar. You know, I can't pull a sick day because I'm mum would be like, "Well, I know you're not sick. Do you know <laughs> I'm what I mean? you out of bed." But <laughs> no, I think when you're a mum and daughter like us, we're very open. When mum and daughter, mum can just tell me off, and I can just tell her off. But when you're friends again, it's a bit different. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just... think you have to be really careful if you're gonna go down that route. Yeah, and it's yeah. just when it's sometimes it's not the family member, it's maybe just the situation that it would cause, you know, kicking up a fuss about anything. And I do not yeah. like, I will take an easy life. If I have to, you know, <laughs> ne- eat noodles for the next four years to have an easy life, I'll do it. I just, I hate, I hate like, I hate arguing. If I know something's right and someone's telling me it's wrong, I hate that argument. So I'll just be like, okay that's fine yeah like I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut and just get on with it you know and uh, so yeah I did I got money initially um the salon to open cost it was ten thousand pounds so that was buying you know all the furniture all the stock um and yeah. kind of covering for a couple of months which in the grand scheme of things like te- you'll know like ten thousand pounds is not a lot Nothing. yeah yeah and I know <laughs> I know you guys were gonna get that big shopping center unit and I wasn't surprised when you said it was like you know tens and tens and tens of thousands of pounds like I mean just in case anybody like I think we did mention it on one of the podcasts mm-hmm. but in case anyone hadn't listened we were going to get this shopping this shopping center unit mm-hmm. and I mean how much do you think it was going to cost well, the original quote was something like £32,000 just yeah. to fit it out. Yeah. That wasn't even any products, yeah. but that was the initial quote. Mm-hmm. When the quote came back, it would triple that. That I mean, so it's just... It's like, like who, what? Who can find £90,000? And that's before yeah. you've even paid any rent yeah. for, it's like the, you know, yeah. months, years, staff products i mean the products you know nail lamps alone were gonna cost thousands <laughs> do you know well that's the same like we it was just crazy it is and it's just it's so expensive and that's basically the mistake that i made was just fronting the costs for you know opening it and then making sure we had some money for wages for the first couple of months but actually you need to prep for a lot longer than that because you just don't know what's going to happen and for i oh, yeah. paid myself 600 pounds a month for three years solid and this was when I was working like 11 hour days and oh no it was two years sorry I got 600 pounds a month which is not great it was like literally covered my rent and some food you know but I was like just so determined to make it work and I think the other thing is you really need to look at your profit margins when you are opening a salon because you have got all your overhead you've got your staff costs and someone might think you know oh well 
the staff if you employ people they get x amount an hour but what you don't add on to that is you have to the staff pays national insurance and then you have to pay national insurance on top yeah. of that you have to pay two sets of national insurance now you've got to pay two sets of pensions so if someone costs you you know one thousand five hundred pound a month they actually cost you actually spend two grand a month you know or so it's like two, well, 170 1700 and something pounds it's like an extra couple hundred pound on top of everyone's wages just for your employer taxes as well and yeah. um, and then you've got your holiday pay so in terms of like people doing a service if they're not there that that's you've lost an entire body making money that day and when people go off on holiday it can be really tough and then we've got to make sure that there's a limited amount of people going on holiday at the same time because it's amazing how quickly the salons taking yeah drop by thousands and thousands of pounds just by two people being off at the same time and everyone's wages kind of pay for everything and we've obviously got we've made this like I made the decision to have management as well and that's two people although they bring they bring money into the salon because they're doing all the bookings they're doing all the phone calls they're keeping that client experience up because they don't actually you can't physically look at a timesheet and say they made x amount on this hour you've got to yeah. you've got to pay for them and when you know the the ratio you know 12 text to two front of house but then two go away so it's 10 to two like the ratio completely drops and it, it it's amazing how you know we've we've spent a long time working out a sweet spot we call it like where that we have to have this many techs be open these hours have these people working these days and doing these services like that's our sweet spot and if anything kind of lacks there then everything is like kind of off yeah balance. and like you, what you said going back Tammy mm-hmm. If somebody then hands in the notice to leave, yeah, that's like unless you get another member of staff to fill their slot yeah. quickly, it's yeah. like you, where do you put the clients? There's no physical appointments. Yeah, it's really hard, and that's actually the reason we used to have our client book open all year. Like you just book whenever, and clients obviously really loved that because you could book your appointments forever. And it took us a really long time to come up with a system to you know protect everyone because we don't want to be saying to people you know you can't hand your notice in if you want to leave like you just you can't do that you know but we were like we need we always ask for four weeks notice um but we ended up thinking okay so how can we give our regular clients like the chance to book but also just have our diary open you know a lot of individual texts where just they just open their diaries and I thought we have to go back to that like that's because it's too stressful to like booking everyone all the time so we actually mm. ended up coming up with this scheme called NAF Club, um, which is all of our VIPs and regular clients um, are actually have like a secret email address and it's called NAF Club and you can apply to NAF Club and we kind of look at your history coming into the salon and you basically have to have had five consecutive appointments and have been, you know, not cancelled, not done a late cancellation or been late Yeah. Um, and then you're enrolled into NAF Club and you get like VIP access to the booking system. So for the majority of clients, they'll only be able to open to book for like the the month in advance. Um, so right now they would be book. They can only book for till the end of September, and then midway through September, then uh, October will open. But NAF Club can book four months in advance, and that's like as a thank you for being a loyal client. We give them that access as well. So. You know, it's it's like constant. that's a really good idea. Yeah, it's, it, do you know what? It took us a really. I was always like, "There's a solution." Like that's my favorite thing. I love coming up with like I love problem solving. So I really feel happy when that works, and 
you know we can do something about it so for ages and I think it's because I was so busy and I was still doing nails I was like I can't think of how to make this better and then I took a week off and I was like I've got it <laughs> like I know what it is <laughs> um but yeah but it is so now when someone ha- but it's, it was also to protect when someone handed in their notice we didn't have to move their clients and and now it's actually really lovely because that allowed us doing that allowed us to now when someone leaves we go okay well you're only booked in till end of September anyway and then we actually contact their clients and say you know so and so's leaving on this date and we'll forward on information like we give the information where they're going so you know this is their Instagram if you've not already got it this is the salon that they're going to or they're opening here and um, you're more than welcome to cancel your appointments and move with them like you know feel free we're also here if you want to stay here like no there's absolutely no like like not even hard feelings like yeah. I was like don't use that word in the email you know but just to let them clap because because the other thing is when people leave is like the client can feel awkward as well the client might be like mm, oh yeah. I really want to follow like really want to go with Amy but you know I've, I've been going to NAF for so long because Amy's been there for so long and I feel like it'll be weird if I don't go and then sometimes they, it almost creates like a little bit of not even bad blood but it creates a little bit of weirdness so like if we can take that away for everyone it just makes for a nicer experience and actually ultimately just makes you feel really positive about the situation so now we just say that's where they're going they're leaving on this date we tie up their appointments and it means that we can actually give our attention to just making sure that they they have a good send-off and we'll always when people leave um obviously there are circumstances where people haven't you know acted like super respectfully or you know there's been other things going on where we can't always act yeah exactly like that you know and I'm not saying like we're and we're not perfect it doesn't happen like that all the time but most of most of the time now and it like all the like the past few people that have left like it's always been like that um but we'll put them on our Instagram as well to like boost their business when they leave so we'll make sure that we're tagging their nail page and like telling people where they are and to like actually encouraging people to follow them and like their work because you know we're, ne- we're never gonna clients have their own lives and they go where they want to go so yeah you can't stop no. you can't stop that at end of day anyway yeah and I do think um, if you're trying to do that then it kind of looks bad on the business anyway so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. definitely so we had somebody on our Instagram want mm-hmm. to ask you a person not a personal question so we had a question which was sent in by nails by underscore jade underscore and jade wanted to know that if you opened your salon today yeah what would you change or do differently oh that's such a good question actually I said that when it got sent in I replied I was like I love this question (laughs) I would I mean my question would be would I have the hindsight that I have now yeah 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 Yeah. I think I think definitely I would before I opened the salon I would make sure that I you know put everything put all my procedures in place and it's what I say to anyone that's opening a salon or going from you know working by themselves to starting to employ people I'm like this is a really magical moment that you will never ever get back and it I wish I would have taken the time to sit down and written out my client journey you know written down all the steps our client journey is literally like client walks in door walks to reception checks in this is what the person at reception says you know offered a hot drink like it's literally as detailed as that to make sure that we're covering all bases 
really think about what you want the client journey to be and just write processes for everything and just because something's written down doesn't mean that it can't change but it's just a great like starting point so in terms of like having and I guess you can't hindsight is great you can't foresee stuff if you've never had that experience but if I could go back to opening this out I would have never had us open like had the diary open all year because just for me personally and for like the team the way that we were it actually put a lot of blocks in the way that we didn't even realize it was just down to the diary being open that's why we were stressed when people were leaving that's why we were like desperate to bring people in and maybe didn't do the interview processes as, as like thoroughly as we could have you know and just yeah because you were under pressure yeah and it's like giving yourself just that wee bit more time so I do definitely think although diary booking day is I mean how do you run your diary we do ours like so we don't have like a specific because at the moment it's just me and mum again because the pandemic has you know blown everything in the air so at the moment it is literally just a case of clients come in and like so now we've just started doing taking more bookings for October because we do like most clients do every three weeks so now they've already booked the September we're now coming to September so I'm starting to let them creep into October but we'll never, ever, we, ever... We hold them back now, yeah, don't we? Yeah. Because we would have people come 1st of January wanting to book a Christmas appointment yeah. for that And how year. do you even know what hours you're going to do? Like, you've not even had exactly. a chance to see what days of the week it falls on. Like, it's our, so stressful. Yeah, our problem is that, like, we don't book holidays massively in advance, you know, mm-hmm. as in going abroad holidays yeah. with yeah. family and friends. Like, yeah. we don't book our, you know... 2022 holiday to the Caribbean in 2020 <laughs> yeah. like some people do. Yeah. Can I just put it out? I'm having three days in Cornwall. <laughs> but so that's one issue for us. But then the second issue for us is that my partner's in the Marine, so his job can fluctuate and change. He could be deployed one week, he could yeah. be in Scotland one week, he could be in Plymouth one week. Yeah. But we don't know when his time's off. So for me, I have to have that little bit of flexibility or else, I mean, we haven't been on holiday in two years now. So if we, if I don't have flexibility, we would literally never do anything together. Yeah, and I, I think yeah. we're lucky that it is that personal salon. So my clients understand my situation. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. we certainly we wouldn't let them book in no. advance. Yeah. So. so we haven't got a policy, have we? We don't say two months in advance or one month. It, and we don't go like October now open. Yeah. We just do it as and when we feel that clients say, Can I book another one? And then we're like, right, yeah, now you can. No wait, no you can't. I think that's <laughs> so, really good. And you don't need to have it as you don't need to really communicate, oh we're taking October now or we're taking this now because it's it's ultimately you that's doing the appointment at the end of the day. So yeah. You no, know, we, we couldn't do that just because you know, it's other people's schedules. So I wouldn't you know but I think that's why and it was just you know at the start people were like oh I'm getting married in two years time can I book in with Becky and you'd be like eh yeah. like yeah <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> I mean she might not be here but go for it uh, so it's just I do I think it, I think that was like the massive like catalyst for change was closing that diary and having a bit more control over what was happening it really just lifted so much pressure off and diary opening mm. is crazy like it is so busy it, it is stressful <laughs> you know the phone's going the the dms are going the i mean we don't take bookings over dm but you know the facebook messages the emails are coming in like the minute it hits 11 o'clock on diary opening day there's just message after message after message and it is stressful but you can plan for it you know that day is going to be stressful yeah and that i think that's the difference 
whereas like if you've just got like that low like low-key like constant appointment booking go and it is it can be really difficult and obviously people can book out with that day that's just when it opens so that's normally when it's super busy um, and we are very very lucky that you know I'm so thankful that it is that busy because I wouldn't have it any other way it's just nice yeah to manage um to manage that stress and kind of again turn it into something you know positive like it's always a buzz I'd I'd, I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't book the appointments in, but it's like a buzz <laughs> when Nicole and <laughs> yeah, Emma do it. Yeah, yeah, I know. And like a lot of the stuff that we've talked about, like in terms of hiring and stuff, I don't, I'm not part of the um, tech hiring process anymore. Just, I get very like hands-on and very emotional and like I want to know everyone, like everything about their family history. And I think like, <laughs> I'm like you know, I'm and really soft. Yeah, I'm so soft. I am so soft as well. Like, and that's, that's been the biggest thing I've had to like put aside for myself like I think it's a good thing that I'm soft because it's why you know we run the way that we run and why NAF is the way that it is and I hope that that's like that's kind of traveled down as well but um um I am honestly best just looking I'm best solving a problem in a situation you know so instead of dealing with everyone every day and the daily tasks that come with it like I'm better if there's a bit of an issue or there's something that someone can't figure out like I'm better if people come to me and I can look at this situation independently and you know without any bias and go well you know I agree with this or I agree with that and um but yeah I think interviewing now is taking a different kind of it's like a different journey for me now because I'm interviewing for like office-based roles with the other company yeah but it does feel like kind of going back to square one again it's like it's quite nerve-wracking a whole new world. yeah <laughs> you know people are like nervous when they're in an interview and I think some people don't realize like on the other side you're kind of nervous as well because it's like it's the first <laughs> yeah. day you're like oh is this gonna work like I'm excited but I'm weary <laughs> um yeah but yeah go I think if I could change one thing it would 1000% be just more control over the booking systems and also just putting processes in place to not just protect you know me and how I feel about things but to protect other people as well and make sure yeah. that they're happy and feel like looked after and yeah yeah well thank you for joining us Tammy yeah um we really enjoyed today can and I just before oh, sorry, before if, we check out and yeah. say goodbye <laughs> can I just ask you where did the name NAF Salon come from? Oh, do you know, I, I really wish it was like a cool answer, but I'm I'm like notoriously terrible at coming up with names for stuff. I I just don't have that imagination. Could never have come up with a cool name for the salon. Like it is cool because it sticks out now, but I always knew that I wanted NAF to be a product brand. Like obviously we've got NAF stuff now, but I, so I never wanted it to be, you know, like Tammy's or, you know, anything like that because I thought that's not going to be, for me great on a product um so it literally because we did nails and like we were going to do body art and everything and like we had someone in doing makeup and so it literally just stands for nails and face (laughs) (laughs) I had a guess I had a guess and I said to Shelby before we came on air I said I think it stands for nails and family Oh, oh, (laughs) oh I love that so much Oh, that's gonna be the you can name. Change it now. <laughs> you can take it. I'll oh, in, all, in all my five years of running NAF, I've never heard that, and I love it. Like I actually love that so much. I'm glad that was, I'm glad that's the vibe you got. Um, well, thank you for joining us, Tammy. Yeah, and um, thank you for sharing like so much 
Inside Sorry, that I, I knew I'd be talking for a long time. And no, I hope, don't I worry. Hope there was something, I hope there was something like valuable from it. But thank you oh, honestly thank you so much for having me. Like it really, it's such a brilliant podcast, and I'm just so like thankful to have been a part of it. And like in this, an amazing line of people who've also been a part of it as well. So yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a review and subscribe. We would love to connect with you on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at The Beauty Edit Podcast or join our Facebook group, The Beauty Edit Podcast Society. Thank you so much again and please do look out for another episode of The Beauty Edit Podcast.